Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Wine with HR. We're so glad that you joined us yet again or that you're finding us for the first time. So as you know, our last couple of episodes were very heavy on the law. We focused on important Supreme Court decisions and a lot of legal updates, and they were both pretty long episodes. So we thought you could use a little fun for this episode. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about some of the hottest trends in HR, employee relations, and management. I am so super excited about this episode. I cannot even tell you. Um, There are some really amazing ideas and trends out there that really focus on a lot of the stuff you and I have already said in our previous podcast, don't you think? Because we're so smart. (laughs) Either that or we do a really good job at researching. I don't know. Uh, Maybe both. It's because we're so smart. Yeah. I love it. Speaking of smart choices and smart things, what are you drinking, Joyce? I don't know that this was a smart choice, but... (laughs) (laughs) So, I love me some Snoop Dogg. And I got lulled in because he's on the label. So, I'm drinking a 19 Crimes Cali Blanc. It says it's a Sauvignon Blanc, but no, I don't believe so. So... It is not my favorite. I'm, I'm going to be brutally honest. It is not my favorite. And I'm not even sure I can tell you why. I think part of it is it does not have that citrusy sort of bitey thing that Sauvignon Blancs have. It tastes more like an oaked Chardonnay, which can be hit or miss with me. So, oh, weird. I mean, I'm sure I'll grow to like it the more I drink it, but uh, <laughs> I'm I'm not particularly thrilled right now. So, I wonder if Snoop drinks it. I, anyone who's out there who knows Snoop, have a link. <laughs> Let him know we have some questions yes, for him. We please. have some questions. What are you <laughs> drinking, Trish? Did you pick something better than me? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? I actually, I had no idea about this one, but my uh, local wine store just got it in. Not that it's a new wine, but they were featuring it. It's called Silken Spice, and it's a red blend out of Portugal. And yeah, so I was really excited about that because I've been trying to like learn all about like different wine regions so that I can actually have these conversations with you, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, so far, I'm really um, impressed with this. They describe it, and I totally get this, smooth and juicy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, vanilla, which you know I love. So I just, yeah, so far I'm really, really enjoying it. Um, Just had my first couple of sips, but I cannot wait to let it kind of tickle my taste buds as we go through (laughs) the rest of the episode. I love the name, (laughs) Silk and Spice. Right? Yes. That's good. Sounds like a good one. All right, cool. Um, By the way, to all our listeners, we are keeping a wine list of all the wines that we try. 
and the ones that we really like and um, even the ones that we may not enjoy so much. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can save you from spending the money. Okay. Or if you have a different opinion, tell right. us why. Well, that exactly. would be really yeah. interesting. And that's true because everybody's taste is different. And, you know, what yeah. one person likes, one person may not. And, you know, so I'm just one opinion. But <laughs> <laughs> I think I should stick oh, with my Italian wines. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So let's get to the W-H-I-N-E of the episode. So as we mentioned, we're going to be talking about the hottest HR ER and management trends. And so I'm going to start off with something called the 15-minute meeting, which I'm sure just hearing that people are like, "Uh, yeah, sign me up because... Sign me up. (laughs) I don't know how companies do it or how anybody gets anything done when they're in meetings all day long. And uh, if you guys are like me and I know like Trisha, there's nothing worse than an endless meeting where nothing gets accomplished. So the idea for the 15 minute meeting, uh, this was in a recent Sherm article. So and it was by Brian O'Connell from July 11th of 2023. I believe it was in the all things work from home or one of those newsletters that they send out all the time. The concept was first introduced in 2021 by I'm probably going to botch this, but Monique, uh, which is a Berlin based financial automation company. And uh, part of why it was developed is there was a 2015 Harris survey, which said that 17% of employees would rather watch paint dry and 8% would (laughs) rather have a root canal than have to suffer through a meeting. (laughs) That is my favorite stat ever. (laughs) I know. The root canal. I mean, yikes. Um, Right? So... The idea behind the 15-minute meeting is that it can really curb employee burnout because, again, if you're in meetings all day and you don't have any time to actually get your work done, then you're working longer hours and it's sort of this endless loop of frustration. So this can really curb employee burnout. It can boost engagement. It allows managers to focus on key points so the message won't be lost on employees. Oh, that's important. Right? Yeah. So some (laughs) tips from Angela Druckmann are, obviously, if you only have 15 minutes, you've got to know what you want to talk about, know what message you want to get across, and, you know, get that through. So her tips are to go into the meeting knowing what you want to achieve, keep conversations meaningful but brief, and then shut down tangents. And then some other tips Uh, there's a two-step approach from Nettie Nitzberg. The first is decide what you want to accomplish and determine the most efficient way to accomplish those goals. The second is to lay the groundwork for an effective meeting. You can do that by creating SMART goals, which I know that we have talked about before, uh, but those are specific, measurable, actionable, reasonable I think, and uh, time <laughs> time sensitive. Um, <laughs> I might not have gotten the words exactly right, but you get the idea. Uh, so you also want to identify who must attend these meetings. Others can get notes later. So you really want to narrow it down to the people who are most important to be there. 
prepare an agenda and share it and stick to it. I'm a big fan of agendas. Ooh, good one. Uh, yeah. Share the notes and any materials or links in advance and enough in advance that people actually have time to look at them. Not five minutes before the meeting. Oh, yeah. hey, there you go. Been there a time yeah. or two. And uh, <laughs> select a timekeeper. So obviously a 15 minute meeting isn't going to work for all situations because sometimes you're going to need more than that. But I think you can use a lot of these tips for any length meeting and just keep people on schedule and keep them. The tangents are the worst. So you got to keep bringing people back and you (laughs) got to go there. (laughs) Yes. You got to keep bringing people back to the focus. And if they bring up something that deserves discussion, you can schedule that for another meeting. But you want to be succinct to the point, have an agenda, follow it, share those materials well enough in advance that people actually have time to review them when they come. I really like the idea of identifying who must attend, too. Mm -hmm. That whole FOMO thing should not even exist when we're talking about employment meetings, right? True. I just, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. I love you all, but if you're not necessary for a meeting, if you're not necessary to make the decision then you shouldn't be there. Well, and I think a lot of times managers and leaders overcompensate or over-include. Exactly. They want to be inclusive. They also are like, well, it's probably good for them to know or it's it's helpful for them to be there, but it isn't always. So kind of narrowing down, again, because you can send the materials later and keep people updated, but you don't necessarily have to have everybody there for every single meeting. I think that's perfect. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, can I switch the focus? You can. Awesome. Hot topic. Trish has a hot topic. (laughs) (laughs) I keep envisioning these flames coming off of, oh my. All right. So I want to talk about AI. That is, (laughs) some of you are like, nope, going to turn it off right now. Don't want to even think about it. This is supposed to be human resources. How do we keep the human if we're talking about AI? But the honest truth is that AI doesn't replace the human. It is a tool. When it's used properly, it can actually enhance the HI. H-I, H-R experience. I don't know where H-I. It's taking over. (laughs) It it took over my brain, clearly. (laughs) So some examples of how AI can be useful. Um, First of all, it can help when you are trying to make some decisions. Think about recruiting, hiring, promotions. This is where AI can help because it could remove the bias from those decisions that leaders or others may have. What they do or what you would do is pull forth the analytics and look at what all of this information that you've gathered, again, not you, the AI, and then they can apply it to the different requirements for the job. So uh, focusing on recruiting, hiring, and training, AI can, oh, get this, help you write policies and job descriptions that are designed to entice candidates. I love this, but I do want to caution you. Don't just like let it write your policy and put it out there. Make sure you speak to your legal (laughs) counsel or your uh, HR professional who is trained in this kind of stuff to make sure that you haven't run afoul of any of the NLRB decisions or EEOC, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So don't just rely on it 100%. And proofread. Oh, good Lord, yes. 
Good point. Good point. Actually, I was telling you uh, my say shout out to my cousin. She had listened to uh, some of our episodes. So, hey, uh, she, hey, hey. she and I were just <laughs> having the conversation about proofreading and how it doesn't seem to happen anymore, even at the highest levels of learning. So please to everyone out there, don't forget look at stuff, right? Review it. Have someone else Trust review but it. verify. Yes. Oh, good one. I like that. <laughs> so the software, the AI software can actually learn from your hiring choices that you've made in the past. And then of course, the job requirements as well. One of my other favorites though, chatbots. I know a couple of companies that I've talked to recently use them quite frequently. And what they do is they're using them to encourage engagement or they're using them to talk to the new candidates. So one of the coolest ways I think you can use this is uh, use it to gather the candidate skills and history. And then you can not only learn more about them and get the best candidates in front of you, but you can improve their experience as well because then they don't feel ghosted, which ah, I think is really, really that's cool. That's good. Yeah. Right? That's a problem yeah. for most employers is just keeping up the communication exactly. with candidates. Exactly. Um, it can search for passive job seekers. So you can set it up to scour, for example, LinkedIn. Like, how amazing is that? Oh, we just aren't finding the right person. Get Give it the parameters that you're looking for and set it free to search LinkedIn. Now, don't reach out to candidates that way. Take a look at the information <laughs> that it gives back to you and, and make some educated decisions once you've looked at it. But it's, it's a really great tool. Um, when it comes to your onboarding, or your development programs, it can, AI can actually help streamline those processes because it knows in advance, oh, this job category requires this, this job category requires that. And if the employees told you they wanted to go a certain direction, then it can, oh, hey, we recommend this training. We recommend that. Or we, the AI is now a we. But you get where I'm going That's with okay. that. It's already <laughs> taken over my brain. We've already decided that. <laughs> you are now one. <laughs> yes. Uh, it can also help analyze performance data so that, again, you it can um, recommend the appropriate training. And I love this one, too. Equitable compensation. It can Ooh. actually help ensure that you are getting equitable uh, compensation. So not just salary, but beyond that as well, the benefits and things like that that um, you may offer to your employees. And I will say it one last time. Please be careful. A, a huge caution. Um, think of like this red light blaring, right? Be careful to review those algorithms that you put in because they can inadvertently favor one group or another if when you write them, you don't even realize it, but you're writing them with gender, educational, or what's the other one? Social bias descriptions. So anything like that could also affect. Uh, one last thing, and then Jules, I want to turn it back over to you. Um, don't forget, sometimes one of the hardest things for us to do as HR is to answer all of the employees' questions. You know, there are these frequently asked questions out there. AI can help you with that. They can help you create schedules and even tell your employees, yeah, these are the benefits the company offers. Think like vacation days and stuff like that. So there's good out there. 
Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing with AI is it can cut out several steps for people. You know, like you said, like, yeah, you can have it write a policy uh, and then you still have to go through it and edit it to fit your company and tweak it, but you've already got a draft. So you don't have to come up with the draft out of thin air. So it can get you like three steps ahead, which I think is a really cool thing. But as Trisha said, you gotta, you know, trust, but verify because there have been a few examples. So there's one funny one from the legal <laughs> world where uh, some lawyers in Texas used AI to write a brief and they included cases that the AI generated, uh, which, and they did not double check them, which is a huge no-no anyway. Uh, but guess what? Those cases didn't actually exist. So see, that's Oops. a really bad thing. You do not want to be called before a judge because you made up a bunch of cases and didn't bother to check them in your brief. So, oh, I wish I could have been the other fly one, on the wall. Right. Oh, I know. <laughs> and the other one, this one's actually quite horrifying, but uh, just a tale of caution. There was a nonprofit and, you know, nonprofits are usually strapped for money. So they enlisted AI software to answer their hotline. It's an eating disorder nonprofit. And the AI, again, those algorithms can get kind of messy because it's learning from what people are asking. So it's also like taking from the universe of what people ask questions about. And uh, so, again, this is an eating disorder hotline for people who are suffering from eating disorders. And it started giving out dieting advice. That is the worst. That is horrifying. So, again, be careful. But our point is, as Trisha uh, enumerated all of those fantastic things that AI can do for you, is that it can be really helpful if it's used right. But it's never going to replace you. No, never. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, so I'm going to go over to hiring practices and talk about skill-based hiring, which has been a area for me that I have wanted to see employers re-engaging with because I have felt like for a long time, we sort of, you know, everything's on a pendulum and we swung really far in the other direction where it was all about your education level what uh, degree you had, what sort of certifications you had, how many years of experience you had in that specific field. And I think that employers miss a lot of really good candidates that way because there are tons of other job positions where people have the skills you need. They can learn the subject matter, but you can't always teach people the skills, particularly those soft skills that we talk about a lot that managers need, you know, like the ability to communicate, to get people to follow you, to lead, to be able to run a coherent meeting, stick to an <laughs> agenda, you know, like all of those kinds what? of things are really <laughs> important. Back. Yeah. So there has been, thankfully, the pendulum is starting to swing in the other direction again, and there is more of an emphasis on skill-based training. So that basically prioritizes experience over academic qualifications. Some of the benefits are that it broadens the talent pool and removes barriers for those who do not have degrees or for those who are changing career paths. So they might be changing into a different industry or into a different type of career, and they have a lot of great skills from their former career that could be applied in the new one, but again, 
AI, like if you're they're using Indeed or ZipRecruiter or things like that, it might not catch their resume because they don't have those typical buzzwords that are because they weren't in that particular industry. So it can catch a, a broader pool of candidates that could be really good. It also empowers your employees and candidates because the hiring focus is on skills and competencies, not their education level. So they automatically feel more successful, uh, which leads to better engagement and retention. Oh, I love that. Yeah. As an added bonus, it creates (laughs) diversity because you are, again, pulling from a broader pool. So you're likely to get a more diverse pool of candidates. And again, when we talk about diversity, it's not just race, gender, religion, uh, sexual orientation, disability. All of those things are great. And we want to pull people from all of those protected classes. But we're also talking about diversity of thought and ideas and styles of communication and, uh, you know, all of those types of things as well. So it creates that kind of diversity as much as the typical kind of diversity we think about. (laughs) Uh, So some tips, invest in your current employees, offer training designed to help your employees learn skills that will prepare them to advance within your company. Particularly if you have positions that you're having a hard time filling. So if you have like say a project manager position and maybe you just haven't been able to find candidates, that's something you could train your internal people to do with the bonus that they already know how your company works. They already know everything. They have that knowledge, which is invaluable. So you can teach them the skills to become a project manager. And they've probably developed a lot of those skills in whatever position they're already in. Hey, by the way, Jules, doesn't that go back to our manager episode? Yeah, of course. Everything goes back. Hey, (laughs) I just I just wanted to point out that to people like when we're talking about how to grow your employees and to uh, fulfill some of these management positions. uh, If you want to go back and check out that episode that goes right along with what Julie was saying. (laughs) Yes, yes. And ideally, the training will help them develop both personally and professionally. Uh, Because then you're going to also be developing and giving people those leadership skills so that they can be good people managers. Again, going back to our manager episode. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I also want to point out that a recent uh, Forbes article, Top 10 HR Trends for the 2023 Workplace, in that article, Gene Meister mentioned the Pearson Skills Outlook Report on power skills. And there were five in particular that they mentioned that are power skills in 2023. And those included, this is not going to surprise anybody who's been listening to our (laughs) podcast, but communication was number one, uh, customer service, leadership, attention to detail, and collaboration. And they expect (laughs) personal learning achievement focus, and cultural and social intelligence to be included in this list by 2026. So all of the above focus on being human. Again, human resources. We can't (laughs) let go of the human. You know, it's very, very important. So being human, being empathetic, adaptive, Uh, And, you know, there's been this shift where leadership has gone or should be going from barking orders or issuing tickets, as we sometimes call it, to true communication, where you're actually relating to your employees 
learning what makes them tick, collaborating with them, and recognizing their achievements when appropriate. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. Before I move on, Jules, I have a really, really awesome example of this and what I hope none of our listeners ever, ever, ever do. I went to high school with this gentleman and on Facebook recently or within the last few months, he posted something. um, He went for a job interview and this person had been in our armed forces for, I believe, over the last 20 to 25 years. Okay, just to give you an idea. Uh, not to age ourselves or anything like that, right? We never want to do that. But um, they had done this and then they they were doing something either directly related or the exact skills that this company was looking for. And the hiring person told him that they weren't going to consider him, get this, because he didn't have a degree. Oh. And so he says... Yeah, right. So Mm -hmm. he says, well, can you tell me why the degree is important here when I've been doing these things all along? Her answer was that it showed dedication and drive and then something else, I think. And I was like, and being in the military for 20 some years doesn't? What is wrong? (laughs) Yeah. If anyone could see her out there, she is cringing as far away from the camera (laughs) as she could actually get. Yeah. Like it was the worst. And and I have been holding on to that on his behalf because that has just frustrated me to no end. So I, I just really want to remind everyone out there, please don't be whatever that company was. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that one hurt. (laughs) right oh I was devastated when I read that (laughs) all right so what we do want you to be is a company that focuses on employee wellness and has not just like benefits from the traditional standpoint but like health benefits we're talking about helping your employees deal with everything, not only inside work, but outside of work as well. Those employees that experience stress at work, we find that it actually doesn't just impact their relationship at work with their coworkers, but also then with their friends and with their family. So we really, this is something that we as employers want to address. Going back to uh, that Forbes article, I thought this was super interesting. So they referenced a uh, recent Surgeon General report on mental health and well-being, and it said that 81% of workers will be looking for workplaces that support mental health. I thought that was pretty incredible. I think that's great because it shows that the stigma about mental health is diminishing. Exactly, exactly. And and not only that, but they're really encouraging people to use those benefits. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to yeah. talk about a couple of different types coming up, but one of my favorites is mental health days. I know companies that give one a quarter. I know companies that say, well, yeah, technically we're giving you one a quarter, but you can use them for anything you want. And so 
or whenever you want. So those could be like, if your mental health day is spending the day out on a sailboat, go for it. If it's going to a Browns game for all of our Cleveland fans out there, (laughs) I don't know if that's really good for your mental health, but we love them. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) might come out of that more depressed. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe it's, you know, just, uh, you know, I don't recommend sitting alone and drinking a bottle of wine. Reach out to Julie and I instead. But if that's your idea. (laughs) All right. So whatever. We'll drink with you. Yes. Yes. So whatever your idea of mental health is, they say, so it's like not one of those things where people can be like, I saw what they posted on Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or whatever it is that you use. Um, It's it's mental health is what's best for you. So I love those. Um, And then some other when we're talking about health benefits, then we're talking about virtual care, which I think is amazing. Mental health, like we said, wellness benefits. How about flexibility? We're going to talk about that a little more later, right? And then women-centered health, which I think is is a great new trend that we're starting to see, um, addressing some of those uh, special healthcare issues that women face. Um, which, again, going back to our last episode, uh, you know, the even the courts and and our legislature starting to recognize. So that's pretty amazing. We are also talking about uh, employee resource groups. This is one of my favorites. I will talk about it a little more later. But remember, these are the things that offer all of your employees a place to discuss the challenges that they're facing, ways to overcome those challenges, or simply a place to say, this is what I'm experiencing. I feel so alone and have everybody else raise their hand and go, honey, you're not alone. (laughs) Like I'm feeling this as well. And it really, they have found that this can be extremely, extremely beneficial for your employees. Can we create one for aging parents? Uh, Yes, we can. (laughs) As you and I both are dealing with that. Amen. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And and that really does. Let's be serious, though. It it really does impact our ability for those of you who, you know, don't have the ability to work from home or you're under tight deadlines, knowing that you have this aging parent that you have to help with, whether you know that means just running over and helping them at night or driving a particular distance to be able to get that to them. Julie and I both live uh, within you know two to five hours of our of our parents, and and we know what that can be like and how it can be disruptive both professionally and personally. It, we love them and we're going to do it, but. Are, do you work for a company that understands that or are you a company that is being understanding of your employees? Yeah, I am currently recording this episode from my childhood bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say how much yeah. I love that. <laughs> Julie knows I'm a fan of Delta, so I'm going to just move on and because otherwise she and I are speaking of uh, tangents. She and yep. I will get mm-hmm. off on a tangent. Um, 
I love Delta. I fly with Delta all the time. They are my favorite, favorite airline. And they became more of my favorite airline as I was researching stuff for this episode because I found out that they offer free counseling sessions. Um, Not only that, but they increase the number. Like I think they're up to 12 counseling sessions, not just for the employee, but for their families. They offer healthier food in all of their uh, break rooms. And then they also offer financial education. So go Delta. I am super, super proud of you. (laughs) If you guys are trying to, okay, Trish, okay, Jules, this is great, but what the heck am I supposed to do? Here's what I would say. You want your programs to focus on a few things. Number one, physical health. Number two, mental well-being. Don't forget about financial fitness. For a lot of people, that financial fitness causes a great deal of stress. Social health and community service, one of the best ways for people to start feeling better about themselves is to be of service to others. So, Uh, Just a quick, quick thing. If you want to learn more about that, Sherm is offering uh, a webcast. It's actually going to be August 23rd. This episode will not air until after that, but I do believe that you will be able to access those on the Sherb webcast page. So I would highly, highly suggest going in and uh, checking that out. Again, it's called an employee perspective. Should I stay or should I go? So it's addressing those uh, wellness programs. Great. Uh, You know, this is a real simple example, but I had a client who for a while they had been offering to pay for gym memberships at a particular gym and they weren't getting a ton of people doing that. And so we had a a talk about it and we ended up deciding that we should just offer a certain level of reimbursement for whatever fitness place they wanted to belong to. Uh, So, you know, it was whatever it ended up being. I want to say it was like 300 bucks a year or something. Uh, So they could get that if they wanted to choose a gym membership that was more expensive than that well they got 300 bucks that's all everybody got you know but they could turn that in and and then they could go to whatever gym or fitness facility they wanted to so i I thought that was a nice compromise and it really um made the benefit more accessible to all employees rather than saying you have to go to this specific place i think that's really smart i love that yeah, so and, there are a lot of easy ways to do that yeah. kind of stuff. And you hear you hear about companies too that offer like meditation apps and things like that to to help their employees as well. So I think that's that's great. Yes, not to get off on another tangent, but I always said that most <laughs> offices should have like a uh, rubber room where it's like you can go in and you could put on one of those like sumo wrestling suits. And you can get those like big plastic bats and you can just yes. like beat the crap out of stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sign me up, please. <laughs> uh, for those of you who who are doing a lot of remote work or hybrid work situations and you're wondering what to do with all of that extra space, uh, Julie just gave you a phenomenal idea. I did. I did. Yes. There you go. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to switch gears a little bit and talk about remote work, flexibility, and hybrid work. Now, I know a lot of us had to go remote during COVID, so it's not as scary of a thing anymore. We all kind of figured out how to manage it. Uh, 
But there are some things to think about as we move forward, because I know a lot of companies struggle with, well, do we make everybody come back? Do we allow people to stay remote? Do we have a hybrid workforce? What does that even mean? You know, all of those good things. So some things to think about is that the purpose of all of these things is to improve work-life balance, well-being, engagement, and productivity. So yes, it may only work for certain positions, and it may only work for certain people because some Uh people don't do well in a remote environment. But those are all things that you can take into consideration. The thing about flexibility is it isn't just remote work. It's also offering employees the ability to choose the days and hours that they work. So it gives them, yeah, it gives them more flexibility. And I've done this with some of my clients where we have decided that, you know, there are core hours. So say, this is just an example, 10 to four. That is when everybody has to be available and working. But outside of that, they can come in at seven if they want and leave at four, or they can come in at nine and they can leave at six or, you know, whatever. There's some flexibility outside of those core hours for them to do things. It's also about letting people have an hour here or there to go run an errand, to go to the dentist, to go to the doctor, to go pick their kids up, whatever the case may be, where they don't have to use PTO and they don't have to constantly feel like they don't have the time or the ability to do the things they need to do in their personal life because they've got to work all the time. So you want to just try to give them some more flexibility in that. I promise you, I know people, yes, there will be those people who will abuse it. There will be those that 1% who will abuse it. But the vast majority of people will stay with you longer. They will work harder for you. And they will be more productive when they are working because they aren't stressed out trying to figure out how to get all the rest of that stuff done. It's awesome. Yeah. So... (laughs) One word about hybrid work, I think a lot of companies have not really thought through what that means to the organization and how that's going to work. So, you know, how many days in or out of the office are you going to allow people to work remotely? What tools are needed? Do you have a way for those people who are working remotely to actively participate in things? Or are you just in a conference room with you know, 10 people in person and you have them on speakerphone and they feel completely disconnected and not really able to engage. Um, Some other things, you know, again, are there core working hours? How will you create collaboration or team events? Again, to make sure that those people feel included and how are you going to do training? Which takes me into my next thing, which is employee (laughs) education. Ooh, impressive. Yes, so, you know, How are you going to continue to educate your employees? There's tons of virtual learning and that, you know, was became very popular during the pandemic. It's not going anywhere. But how are you going to use that? Because you don't just want people sitting in front of a computer screen watching webinars all day. You want something that's a little bit (laughs) more engaging. Uh, And by the way, I'm just going to put in a little (laughs) plug. We are working on a whole catalog of online courses that will be group-based learning. So we'll keep you updated on that. But just know it's coming within the next six months, hopefully. So excited for that. Yes. Um, So again, you can use AI. It's being used to promote community-based learning. 
Uh, so there are some things that you can do with that. And then adaptive learning, which is where the focus is offering a path that changes based on the skills they need to learn versus making them learn skills they already possess. Oh, I love so again, that. our yes, our group <laughs> courses, our group online courses are going to use some of those fancy technologies. No wonder uh, I love to, it. Yes, to um, help with those sorts of things. So again, we'll keep you posted on that. But you need to think about how you're going to continue to keep employees who aren't in the office every day engaged and feeling like they're a part of the company still. I love that so much um, because I think that that is one of the biggest problems that we've seen. Uh, One of the things that I think about all the time is when everyone was coming back to the workforce uh, last year and you and I saw more (laughs) internal investigations in that first Mm -hmm. quarter than we had the entire previous year. Uh, No, people were not excited to come back to work or if they were excited, then that quickly ended because People forgot how to human going back to our favorite saying. All right. I have, um, instead of being one topic, I want to give you several topics real quick just to think about. So change management. How does your company deal with change? Are you adaptable? Um, Are the people that you hire adaptable? And do you have strategies to help? So again, just start thinking about some of these things. Do you know what to do with all of the data that you actually gather from your employees? Are you sharing it with your employees or do they think that when they fill out a survey, it just goes into the ether, (laughs) right? (laughs) The worst thing you could do. People analytics actually help you turn that information into something that you can use to improve your workplace, make your employees feel valued, which again leads to ta-da, retention. And then guess what? All of that leads to better business performance. DEI, despite the recent Supreme Court decision, this should remain at the top of every company's list. Focus on improving the experience, though, of all of your workers. Think of those employee resource groups that I mentioned earlier, right? We're we're looking at improving it for all of our employees, making each one of them feel valued and that they belong and that they're not alone in what's going on. Ask your employees, one of my favorite questions, where do you want to be with our company in a year or five years? And then create an individual development plan for that employee and offer training to get them there. Again, leads to retention. Pay raises. How does your company compare to the market that's out there? Are you staying abreast of all of the things that are changing? When it comes to apps, yeah, I have to go back to my very first one talking about AI, but there are employee management apps out there. And they're so cool because they actually help your employees um, because then they have access to everything they need almost (laughs) in one convenient location, right? So I love, love, love employee management apps. No, they do not take the human out of HR or ER. They actually help your employees. Um, It it does improve satisfaction because it's real easy for them to get the answers that they need. And then one of my personal favorites, um, do you have an employer brand? It's absolutely imperative for attracting this younger generation. I've talked to so many people that say, I won't even look at a company 
if they don't have a presence on the web or if I can't apply easily from my phone. Um, right? It's true, though. <laughs> it's absolutely true. <laughs> so if you don't have a solid presence um, where they can look at your company culture, your benefits, etc., they're not even going to look at you. And so you may be missing out on all of this incredible talent. That last one's a little frightening. That's a little overwhelming because I don't, it's we're, we're doing better, but it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. But, you know, there's balance to everything, right? <laughs> yep, 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 yep. We're getting out there more. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, yeah, I think all of those are fantastic things to start thinking about. The biggest thing through all of this is it really is about creating a deeper connection with your employees I think for a long time, the sentiment has been, you know what, you're here to do a job. We don't really need to care about you as a person. Yeah. And that just doesn't work anymore. No way. You know? No, ma'am. Uh, and as we have talked about many, many times, COVID wrecked all of us. <laughs> it just wrecked all of us. Personally, <sighs> professionally, all of it. And people are still coming out of it. And we have to find different ways to relate to each other. And one of the things, Trisha mentioned it a few minutes ago, but, you know, we talk about it all the time. People have forgotten how to human. And we're going to do a whole episode on that at some point. But people really have. We've forgotten how to just talk to each other, how to relate to each other, how to have compassion and show each other grace. And we need to start doing more of that. And that's what's really underlies all of the things that we're talking about today is just caring, caring about your employees because Perfect. they are real people with real feelings and families and 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 those families might look different. Each, each employee's family might look different. You know, some may have kids, some may have cats. Right here, three cats, no kids. <laughs> and dogs. Uh, <laughs> and dogs, you know. Um, but you need to be relating to all of those. Uh, different types of employees that you have, and you will get the most out of them if you just show them that you care. Those are my bits of wisdom. Trish, what you got? Wow. Uh, <laughs> can I just ditto, ditto, and ditto you, first <laughs> of all, because, wow, that was so well said, as usual. Um, the only thing that I want to remind people is remember, I started off with this. I'm going to end with this. AI is a helpful tool but it is only a tool. Do not, again, forget to keep that human and human resources. Please check the algorithms frequently. You don't want them to go rogue <laughs> because we have seen, Julie gave us some great examples of where that could take us and we definitely don't want to do that. And if you really do care about your employees' health and their wellness, make it part of your culture. This is not just an HR program, right? It's, it's, a, it's a culture. And I think if you do that, you will naturally see your, um, your retention increase, your satisfaction of your employees increase. Um, all in all, I think it'll be pretty amazing. So that's all I have, Dad. Perfect. Okay, so uh, let's get back to the wine. How are you liking your silken spice? Silken spice. Silken spice. It's delicious. <laughs> I really, really do like it. Can you taste any spice? You know, honestly, you can. It. Hold on. Let me. Let me do a sip here. <laughs> 
I need your husband here to guide me and my smelling and my tasting. Remember, smell with your mouth open. I taste it at the tip of my tongue, those spices. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, when I smell and when I drink. So pretty, okay. pretty yummy. Okay. So we have a winner there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not going to dump it out. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop is grateful. <laughs> but I would not buy it again. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, it's, you know, hey, I, and, and to help you out again, remember my last one with the with the Merlot. Uh-huh. Merlot is not yep. my favorite, but I think yep. that there are people out there that you know would really enjoy it. Yep. Yep, you win some, you lose some. Exactly, exactly. If the worst thing that happens to me today is I have a not great bottle of wine, it's okay. <laughs> not glass bottle. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, intentional right there. I intentional. Said. Yep. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we hope this episode was a little more lighthearted and uh, gave you some ideas about things you might be able to go and implement at your company. As always, we want wine recommendations. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear ideas you have for future episodes and uh, anything else you want to tell us. So our contact information is in the show notes. Please tell your friends to listen to Wine with HR and tell them to subscribe wherever they get their podcasts. Trish, you got any last words? Uh, Just cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.